Hi, and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of Brandon and Mildenhall for the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, ESC. I pray that this homily is of some use to you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds accompanied Jesus on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he had laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers would all start making fun of him and saying, here is a man who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king, marching to war against another king, would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who advanced against him with 20,000. If not, then, while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciple unless he gives up all his possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. If any man comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. Some scripture verses seem a bit harsh. Don't know about you. Seem a bit tough. I wonder what Jesus might be saying to us today. Is he really telling us to hate our family? Christianity has often rightly been associated with what society might term family values. So it comes as a shock that Jesus seems to be telling us to hate parents, siblings, spouses, even ourselves. So what's going on here? What does he mean? Well, of course, context is really important when looking at any scripture verse. The gospel today begins with the line, great crowds accompanied Jesus. Jesus was popular. He was famous. He was a local celebrity. And this is at the beginning of his ministry. But let's think for a moment about what happened at the end of Jesus's ministry. How many people were following him then? When he hung on the cross, his disciples left him with the exception of John, his mother, and Mary Magdalene. And Jesus knew this. He probably had this in his mind at that time. He knew where his mission would take him, the cross. They all wanted to follow him whilst he was performing miracles and doing a few healings and wowing the crowds. But would they follow him to the end? 
Are we able? Are we willing to follow him to the end? Or are we just fair fair weather followers? So Jesus lays down this challenge. Any person who comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yet even their own life too cannot be my disciple. The cost of discipleship Are we willing to follow him to the bitter end, he is saying. And here Jesus gives us the heart and foundational principle of the whole spiritual life. Love God first and then love everything else for the sake of God. As fallen people, as sinners, we can fall into the trap of loving the creature, be that power, money, possessions, people even, and then forgetting or marginalising the creator. One of the main reasons why there's so much unhappiness in our world is because people treat things that are less than God as God. They become gods over them. Jesus here is giving us a stark choice. Jesus is God. He's not just another prophet. He's the real deal. The God-made man. He must be loved first and everything else. That is everything. Even family must find its proper place around the love of God. Everything else in our lives finds its meaning in relation to him. We can't authentically love our family and friends if we don't put God first. And this is the foundational principle of the spiritual life. Love God first and everything else after. Easy to say, but difficult to do. Now, Jesus, of course, uses rabbinic language when he is preaching. He uses it throughout the gospel. So this means he uses sharp exaggeration to illustrate a point. This is a Jewish teaching device, a method which would be easily understood by his contemporaries. So Jesus is not actually saying that we must hate our family. Of course he isn't. That would be in contrary to God's law. But he is saying that we must hate them, in fact hate anything, in the measure... In the measure, this is the subtlety, that they become God for you. If other things, other people take the place of God in our lives, then this is dangerous. Dangerous for our spiritual life, dangerous for our well-being. If pleasing our family or others is what is of absolute, ultimate and supreme value in our lives, being a pleaser, then this is disastrous our souls we are to love of course we are to love and cherish our families cherish our spouses our children our siblings but not above and beyond and except from our love of God when parents treat their children as gods they can almost overlove them overpower them and manipulate them and children can end up living their parents' lives and expectations and not their own. I see that in sports so many times. 
people dragged up through various sports teams, living their parents' dreams, not their own. Equally, children can manipulate their parents, persuading the parents to give in to every whim, and a parent can become like a slave to their children. All of us, all of us, have to learn that life is not about us. It's about God, and then others. And we might sort of get in there third. Even our own life, Jesus says, becomes can become a God to us. It can become our ultimate measure. And this simply won't do. Hating our lives means hating our egos. So God can be the central principle, the central driving force in our lives. And the Christian life is a process of being converted to God, from turning away from our pride and turning towards God. And this is what Jesus means. We must be prepared to hate and to put to death those things in our lives that come between us and God. <laughs> and most of them, in fact, end, begin and end with our ego, our pride. We are to love God and, lo- and love our lives in relation to God. Anyone who does not carry his cross, Jesus says, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Carrying our cross, the cross of Jesus, the cross for Jesus' original hearers would have been absolutely shocking. We're used to the cross as a religious symbol, but Jews in first century Palestine would instantly recognise it as an instrument of death, of torture, used by the hated Roman occupiers. The cross meant utter agony, disgrace, nakedness, humiliation. It was a curse. And yet Jesus is very clear, unless you carry your cross, in other words, unless you crucify and put to death your ego, your pride, your false securities, you cannot truly be my disciple. So today's gospel, coupled with last week's message about humility, is inviting us to look again at the foundations of our lives. If we are building the tower of our spiritual life, have we really worked out the cost? Or do we need to make a spiritual re-budget? Have we put things ahead of God, making things, people and relationships into God's themselves? What do we need to turn away from so that we can see God and ourselves and others more clearly? What are the things that get in the way between us and God? Are we truly prepared to take up our cross and follow him? Amen. Thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of Brandon and Mildenhall, please go to our website, which is stthomas-stjohnparish.com. That's stthomas-stjohnparish.com. If you want to read more articles and stories and theological reflections, please check out my blog at fatherlukegoymore.com. That's fatherlukegoymore.com. Feel free also to follow me on Twitter at Father Luke G and Instagram at Father Luke Goymore. Stay safe and God bless you.